Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Baseball is still paused, as is a lot of the world, but we're still here to chat with you, our favorite listeners. Frank Close here with Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. How are you guys doing? Oh, just enjoying that quarantine life, man. <laughs> Staring at my walls. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's no fun right now. I'll tell you that for free. It is no fun. So Thank God like- for technology, though. I mean, if, I, if if we didn't have at least this where I could see Hunter, I could see you, Frank, we can talk. I mean, we can do these crazy things. Imagine if this were like, you know, I don't know, 1981. What would we be doing with our lives? Would we even know about all the stuff that's going yeah. on out there? Huh? I mean, like, that's true. Maybe that's a real consideration. Maybe ignorance would be bliss and <laughs> we'd be living our lives until we all of a sudden were sick. But uh, but yeah. Uh, the, so the world has stopped, and and so uh, what what are you doing with your sports life right now? I mean, Jeff, you're still hosting your show, twelve to two on ninety seven three ESPN. For now, uh, yes. You, you've had plenty to talk about, I guess, from the Eagles, right? The Eagles have been busy this week, huh? Yeah, they've been busy with free agency. I mean, uh, it's it's a weird thing, but I think in a in a very twisted way that the you know everybody being home is kind of helping podcasts because i know inside the birds you know has done probably its best uh in the history it's two-year history as far as listens and everything like that so um hey just like with this podcast we're, we're, we're glad that with people home and looking for some kind of sports and looking for some kind of entertainment and thing to do that you know we can provide that for people and Hunter, have you been have you been keeping busy in your <laughs> with your sports desires? Yeah, now, unlike unlike Jeff, you know you're, you're you're not married, no kids. Like, so what are you doing with yourself? Well, I started something new. Since the NFL has now allowed everyone to get all the free games, I am now rewatching the entire Eagle season, and then like all those random games throughout like week one, week two, week three that I didn't really pay attention to, like a like a Raiders Broncos game or something. I'm just throwing that bad boy on. No commercials. It's kind of beautiful. Is it this past season you're watching for Eagles? Yeah. Even oh, the, man. And, and I was thinking to myself, am I going to watch the games that I know end miserably? And I'm, yep, yes, I am. Yes, Did I am. Did you think to yourself at all, if I'm watching this, how come the Raiders are watching this and are still signing Nelson Aguilar anyway? <laughs> it's funny you say that. I mentioned this in my latest Little Eagles conversation I did for Sports Talk with Broads. As much as he was a bust, 2017, like if, if you signed up for Nelson Aguilar to be a bust for all however many years he was here, except for one, and that results in a Super Bowl, you take that in a heartbeat. No well, doubt about it. The good news answer is, and, and maybe you don't know about this, but Major League Baseball has uploaded the last two full seasons of MLB in their entirety up to MLB.tv. So, Hunter, you can watch the entire Gabe Kapler era all over again. Are you kidding me? You're going to tease me with some Gabe Kapler right now? <laughs> the man just watched 16 games of every single Eagle getting hurt, and now you want him to go watch Gabe Kapler. Wait, what all right, what kind a of twisted torment do you wish upon this man? I have a serious question, though. Of the last two years, what are the what are the games, the Phillies games, that you would want to see again? Are there any that really actually stand yes, out? Now the that... Chicago Cubs walk-off grand oh, slam yeah. by Bryce Harper. Okay. Yeah, so we, it's nice. We got some. We got some nice moments last season. Which uh, Hector Neris blown save would I one, would like? The, uh, would I appreciate? I watching. know which one. The one against Atlanta <laughs> last year. <laughs> oh no, he blew that one against the Dodgers, where it seemed like Hector Neris lost it from from that point forward. That was early in 2018. So, so at any rate, uh, Phillies fans, if you want to watch the last two seasons, they are fully available now on MLB.tv. And by the way, some really neat stuff I've seen out there 
Um, there's plenty of people sharing all kinds of old Philly stuff. So uh, just get on Twitter and just just look around. I mean, there's I, I saw Mickey Morandini's unassisted triple play. I remember that one against the Pittsburgh Pirates back in 1992. So, so the, I think the neat thing about this is that a lot of people have dug up some of their old favorites, and we get to watch them a little bit. So, have you run into anything like that, guys? I haven't, but I've really now that you mentioned it, and I knew it was out there. I would actually like to go back and watch the Brett Myers 19 pitch at bat that he had in the playoffs. That was incredible. Absolutely, I in fact. Previous life, when I hosted another podcast, I had Brett Myers on to talk about that at bat. That was pretty special uh, right around the time that he came back to town. We got to get him up here for his band, by the way. Uh, his band has been looking for the right venue to host his um, host his, his band to play. You know, and it's it's one of those things where he's got to pack everybody up from Jacksonville and get them up here. <laughs> so that, <laughs> now, did you, know, you say not, did you, not cheap. Did you say the MLB TV thing was just the last two years? I believe that I saw today that they made sure they had every game from the last two years ready to go. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of options on the MLB YouTube channel. So, uh, well, what game would you want to see? I was thinking about maybe dialing into that whole that whole World Series run, just the whole thing, not the not the regular season. I'm not that crazy of watching all 162 and then heading into the playoffs, but just that playoff run would be fun to watch. I don't know. You might be onto something watching the whole 162. I mean, who knows how long this thing's going to go on? Some people are saying the whole summer. I, you could do a couple doubleheaders. I mean, I, I think it would, it would <laughs> be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, listen, I'm crazy. I don't know if I'm that crazy, but it maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a guy I used to write with a little bit. I've actually known him for years. Uh, on Twitter, he's Philly's Dad 17. That's what he goes by. His name is Steve. But I remember back in 2011, he actually – wrote something about uh, an article for, for then uh, the website that eventually became sports talk Philly.com. But he wrote, Hey, make sure you realize this is, this is some of the best baseball you're going to see in your lifetime. Enjoy it while you can. Well, moments like this make me think that we should have enjoyed it while we could. So hopefully the next time we have the good old days that, that we're fully aware of those. Now let's uh, talk for a minute about what's kind of going on within the Phillies organization right now. So interesting week here. So, a lot, a lot of teams have announced a lot of minor moves. A lot of the, the non-roster invitees have been released. We saw, for example, the Nationals release Hunter Strickland. You know, that's kind of one of those big name non-roster invitees that was in Nationals camp. Um, I see some moves elsewhere. The Red Sox moved on with a uh, Tommy John surgery for Chris Sale. That was a big, uh, a big news story from the last week. Although I gotta, I gotta wonder if all these elective surgeries are currently off off the table right now. Uh, he might have to wait for his Tommy John surgery, which means he's going to be backed up even more, which is significant for the Phillies, too, because if that's where uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is going, he's not going to be able to have his surgery right away. Are you saying uh, but also, Are you saying based off of Corona, they're not doing Tommy John's? Is that what you're saying? They're, they're not doing any elective surgery okay. right now. Or at least they've asked people not to do them. So that, that includes these types of sports injuries where, you know, I mean, your elbow can be out of whack, but you could still be living your old, your normal life. So, but, but that unfortunately would mean that you can't get those types of surgery. So that's something significant in the Phillies world if that affects Sir Anthony Dominguez. And another thing too, we didn't really hear any of the outcomes from the non-roster invitees to the Phillies. A couple of them had uh, opt-outs for March 19th. Uh, We haven't heard any news. Uh, You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Sometimes the Phillies will update their rosters uh, on their website or sometimes they'll update their their transactions page but you know without actually announcing the moves uh, so i've been looking at that just in case but 
nothing really going on uh, from the Philly side of things. Now, one thing that did happen this week is on Tuesday, a, a, a truck, you know, we, you know, we make a big deal of the truck heading down to Clearwater. Uh, a truck collected supplies from Clearwater and went back north. Uh, so from what I understand, by Friday, uh, the luggage truck came. It was mostly with the front office employees' luggage, that kind of stuff. Uh, but in- here's something that's kind of interesting that I learned this week. The Phillies locker room is still filled with the players' equipment. Uh, a lot of the guys went to grab their bats, balls, gloves, whatever that they felt that he needed to work out with. Uh, but their lockers are still in Clearwater, Florida, intact for the most part, again, unless they took something out. So that kind of makes me wonder. So do you think that they would go back to Clearwater for any games before we started a season? What do you think about that, Hunter? I think they need to have some sort of spring training. I never really thought about where it would be done, but I guess it makes sense for it to happen there. They have to have some sort of, you know, games to get themselves going. We talked about this. It's not like the MLB can just go back and then, hey, here's the regular season without getting these pitchers to throw pitches or getting these guys to swing the bat. So I guess that makes the most sense for them to go to Clearwater and start swinging the bats a little bit. What do you think, Mosh? Yeah, no, I I would think so. I I thought that if this thing dragged into the middle of June or July, which it possibly can, you know, I've heard July, specifically with baseball, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, then it doesn't really make sense. I think every team could hold a two-week spring training, which I think they would need, quote, spring training, at their own facility wherever they are. But if this thing were to be able to be resumed within the next week or two, or even sometime in April, let's be more realistic, right? April is still a cold month, even though baseball is supposed to start around our parts, it would still be a cold month. So it would make sense to me if things were to resume, you know, second, third week of April, if they would just go back down to clear or Florida and Arizona for two weeks and then kind of kick it into full gear after that. So here's here's a question that I have for you. So let's say that they realize that's not an option. So, yeah, if you're there in late April and May, it's not too hot. But once you get to June and July, um, I've got a place in Clearwater. I've been down there in June and July. It gets pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, would that be reason then to try to move some of the training up to the major league facilities? Do you think that that would work if some of the major league facilities happen to host some sort of spring training, Jeff? Yeah, I think that that's what they would look to do, Frank, just trying to figure out, you know, how the, I would think it, with such a long delay, that they would try to get people excited again. So I, it wouldn't shock me if they had open practices at the stadiums. Well, do you for think if they even come back, there's going to be people in the stands? Because I'm, I'm, I believe when MLB comes back, when sports come back originally, there's just going to be no one in the stands. It's just going to be sports and the guys on the field. Well, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I just figured that when life resumes as normal again, it's going to be because everybody's able to go out and be normal, but it's possible that there's an agreement in place. I just, do you, do you see owners starting up baseball and playing in empty stadiums just for TV revenue and losing all those gates? I I don't know. I mean, they're going to lose, I suppose the answer is, well, they would lose the gates if they weren't playing anyway. Uh, It's a good, good question that you bring up there. Um, I just think that if things are ready to start and it's summer already, then why go back to Florida and Arizona when it's warm enough to be, you know, in your own facility? And to your point, if they're going to play in empty stadiums, then why do why do that in Florida when you can do it up here anyway? Start well, it's very traveling. interesting. The the KBO, you know, the Korean Baseball Organization. Oh yeah, uh, that KBO. 
with with <laughs> with with with, <laughs> with with old friend Aaron Altair. They are actually playing their games in empty stadiums right now, which is kind of interesting. Ooh. Uh you know, you know, I, I watched a little bit of some of it just because there's nothing else on, literally. No one, I mean, I mean no I what my channel restaurant. is that on, if I may ask? Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm a little thirsty online. myself. <laughs> <laughs> actually, they should carry that kind of stuff, right? Get MLB TV, like, actually, like, carry some of these games. So, yeah. you know, we can see all the ex-Phillies and the KBO, you know, David Buchanan and, and Aaron Altair. Although Darren Ruff was supposed to be back in Giants camp and Tommy Joseph was in Red Sox camp. But, you know, there's some, some former major leaguers in the KBO we could enjoy watching while we're waiting, right? But... Uh, no, but seriously, though, I mean, they seem like they've got it started, at least. So you talk about the revenue, but but what's worse, not not having the gate revenue or not having a full complement of games to get you through a full season where you think that you have a productive body of work? That's a great question. You know, I, I've kind of thought about that, like the whole idea of sports being played in empty gymnasiums and arenas and ball parks. And would that at least satisfy our sports appetite to watch i think it it might for the novelty of it but honestly i do think we once the reality set in maybe after a few games that there's like no sound no passion uh no um atmosphere at a game that you're watching i think that's going to be a big turnoff to the point where and i'm this could be for any sport baseball basketball whatever i think that people would have a hard time falling in love with it again even with the layoff uh, after a, a few, after maybe a few games, when they realize how dull it's going to look with zero people in the in the ballpark. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's it's funny because we're well, it might change because we're going from no sports for so long to at least sports are there. I feel like maybe it would be different if we didn't have this block of nothing and we went from fans strictly to no fans because then you just mm-hmm. see the adjustment right away. I can't wait for that when everything starts to come back and say you have like the Sixers on Monday, the Flyers on Tuesday, the Sixers on Wednesday, and there's that Thursday with like nothing and I'm going to feel upset that there's nothing to watch after a six-month break of nothing at all. How do it's I to, how do I adjust to that? I know it's funny <laughs> to hear you guys you guys say that, right? Because it's like um when you go through a crisis like this and everybody kind of says, "Well, this is such a reminder that sports is trivial, anything that's entertainment is trivial and that a lot of people are spending more time with their families, they're going to we're, we're going to remember that this thing is going to teach us a lesson." And yet here we are saying, "When this stuff comes back, man, it's like you're going to have to tear me away from the TV to watch it." <laughs> We are Come just on, gonna Jeff. Be yeah. as All right, Jeff. Let's be serious for a second. Don't you just want to kill your family stuck in the house with them, right? You know, <laughs> Honestly, you know, if I'm if I'm going to be fair, it's probably the other way around. <laughs> People ask, "Is this going to be a baby boom or is this going to be like a divorce boom?" You know what I mean? Like having to having to have both spouses working at home at the same time with kids trying to do their jobs. This isn't easy, Jeff. Right? <laughs> sure is not. <laughs> so yeah, so a lot of us are looking for looking forward to when we can get out and do some things. So far, I'm managing okay because let's face it, there's plenty to do to keep us occupied. Although I will say, I'm cooking a little bit. You know, just just to, because I had it's something I can look forward to in my day to make sure that I have something come up. Uh, you know, to look forward to because I can't look forward to the game later. So I'll spend four hours baking bread since I can't get any at the store. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I don't mean to digress. But uh, but 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 uh, if if the Phillies did uh, decide to come up north and to have some sort of spring training in their city, if all teams were doing that, so here's a question: So instead of the Grapefruit League, instead of the the Cactus League, do you, if you're the Phillies. 
are you looking for opponents that you can travel to easily to play some 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 games? So in other words, are we talking games with Baltimore in Baltimore, Pittsburgh? Uh, you, you know, if you think about the the cities, Washington D.C. and New York, of course, they just happen to be close. But um, would a complement of games, uh, you know, in sort of the Eastern Seaboard, the the Midwest, do theirs? Uh, lots of Rangers, Astros, I guess, <laughs> and then then up in Seattle, poor Seattle, they have nobody nearby. But um, do you think that's what you try to do? Try to get some uh, on deck series, as they used to be called, around Philadelphia. To, to kind of get things going again, Hunter? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the best way to do it. It would make no sense to have the Phillies go out to Los Angeles to warm up a little bit or whatever the case may be. You would have to start looking towards team. I mean, even would it make sense to even do it against like the Washington Nationals to get real crazy, start playing the Mets to warm up and you're playing your division, you know, people in your division? I don't know what they were going to do. It's going to be so weird and so unique and I would assume, well, uh, maybe this is wrong of me to assume the MLB will come up with something good, right? I mean, it's the MLB we're talking about, so maybe it does get a little crazy. But the moral of the story is you would think that they would come up with some sort of schedule for all these teams to not have to travel too far, but at the same time, maybe not going up against the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals. <laughs> well, you know how like they uh, down in spring training, they'll play those games against the college teams like Manatee Community right, College yeah. or Florida State. Maybe we can get the, you know, the, the Phillies playing like Penn State's baseball team yeah, and maybe Temple, Temple and Rutgers. Right. Yeah. That's we actually a that. very fair point. You know what? Uh, as somebody who teaches college courses, I've got students that are that are athletes. They're not getting their se- senior season. So uh, if you could say to the local teams, hey, listen, since you're not going to get to play your season, how about you suit up for some games against the Philadelphia Phillies? I think that would be really exciting. Oh, that would be great. Like that, Open right? it up to so, the public, too. Yeah, it would be wonderful. Yeah, I actually have. There we go. See, we're solving all the world problems. Let's talk about a uh, vaccine next. Uh, no, but, but <laughs> baseball that, that, first. <laughs> that's above my pay grade. But but no, I think that's a very, very good point you make there. So, uh, we, Hunter, would you pay to go see uh, the Phillies take on uh, Rutgers? <laughs> I, you know what? At this point, I've been, I'm so deprived. I probably would. I, I probably would. The crazy thing is, think about this. We would have baseball this week. Yeah. Thursday, we'd have, we'd see Thursday. Aaron Nola maybe lose the first game against the Marlins because the Phillies can't beat the <laughs> Marlins. Sean Rodriguez will hit a walk off, no, right? Oh, come on. We're not doing that again. <laughs> or hey, Alfaro. Oh, man. Anyway, great. Early I'm sorry. Hook. I didn't mean to... No, no, no. Listen. No, but he's right, Hunter. I was thinking that yesterday and trying not to think about the fact that I was thinking that baseball was supposed to start this week. Think about that. This week. I know. Ah. I know. It's it's actually, I can't even process that. It doesn't even feel real, you know? Like, we mm-hmm. would have saw Bryce Harper's flow, like that sick flow, that lettuce he's been growing out all summer. We'd be ah, seeing that out of the red bucket. By the way, that's a big shame. Um, well, listen, <laughs> having said that, when I say a big shame, I'm keeping everything in the context of sports and baseball. I realize that not having baseball right now is not the biggest crime of the century, but Bryce Harper was absolutely raking in spring training, and he was loaded and locked, and now it stops. And, you know, that's that's unfortunate for him, really. I mean, I think that some I I tend to think that when guys start raking in spring training, they do tend to start the season hot. So it was uh, unfortunate for him; it gets interrupted. Yeah, that's one thing that I that I think is a real shame because Bryce Harper actually got a spring training this year, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, JT Real Muto got a spring training this year, and, and I think that's I think for the Phillies, there's there's three things that they're going to really really miss out on, and that's 
having Bryce Harper with a full spring training, having JT Real Muto with a full spring training, having Aaron Nola still in his prime. And that's another thing, too. We're missing some of these guys in their prime, right? So, uh, you know, an Aaron Nola start miss now is one less opening day start we're going to see of his in the future, right? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's it's when you have some talent like this, I think that is very unfortunate that we're that we're going to be without that talent. Yeah, I just think real quickly, like last year with Bryce Harper, it was everything that happened in the offseason. John Heyman tweets this. He hates Philadelphia. He hates that. There was so much noise surrounding him. He finally got here. The hype was so big. It feels like he had an opportunity this spring training to just go play baseball. You know, it wasn't all about the offseason stuff, and it felt like mentally he was able to just clock in and, and be able to just focus on that part of it. Well, you know, that that's definitely a, a valid point. Uh, But there are some positives that we're going to look forward to talking about in our next segment. Spencer Howard, Alec Bohm, could this delay mean that they are with the Philadelphia Phillies at the start of the season? We'll be more with that and Larry Boa and Charlie Manuel on Twitter live. (laughs) Not us, not with us, but they did it. We'll talk about that. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. This is the Powder Blue Podcast. And we are back to the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. And, you know, one of the things that was really neat to see down in sunny Clearwater. By the way, I still can't believe like two weeks ago I was there. Right. You know, uh, I feel like you mentioned that every segment. I know. Well, rub it into me and Hunter. (laughs) Mosher, in case you forgot, Frank was in Clearwater. Just you a little bit property ago. In, do you happen to own property in Clearwater, Frank? I, I wasn't oper- I wasn't aware. I do, but <laughs> <laughs> but my point is is not that. My point is that uh, it wasn't that long ago that I was watching Spencer Howard. Uh, you know, they kind of held him back. Was that in Clearwater so, or where, where that, was that? that? In- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I guess we have more time to joke around now, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's some some town that will be uh, that will remain nameless where the Phillies happen to train. Uh, Spencer Howard was kind of held back by the Phillies. He ended up getting to uh, into one game before, unfortunately, that the spring season had to be suspended. Uh, but but Spencer Howard, somebody that the Phillies definitely have high hopes for. Somebody that the Phillies thought that perhaps somewhere along the line in 2020 would be able to help the Phillies team. Another guy, Alec Bohm, uh, had a had a decent spring training. He, he didn't really show his power. He, he had a lot of singles, but he hit, played a decent third base. You know, he's somebody that the Phillies hope that somewhere along the line uh, could come and help the Phillies. Now, now here's the question. So, a, a lot of this we were talking about. You know, maybe these guys get a month or two at AAA. Uh, especially Spencer Howard, because you want to limit his innings uh, for 2020. You know, maybe take it easy. He'll be ready and join the Phillies rotation in June. Maybe Alec Bohm take his time, get some pitches at AAA, maybe join the Phillies in June. Uh, But here's the thing now. June might be the start of the season. So let me ask you guys this, and maybe I'll ask you first, Jeff. If the season doesn't start until June, would you dare put these guys right into the mix of things at the beginning of the season? Well, do they alter the rules as far as when you bring up a player from the minor leagues and when the option 
doesn't count, you know, when you get that extra year. So if June, if they don't change that, then that's a good question, Frank. I, I, I probably wouldn't advocate just all of a sudden, hey, it's June. We wanted to bring these guys up in June with no time in either double or triple A or anything like that. I'm not anyway, the whole point was a you get to save a year of eligibility before arbitration, but B also to, you know, give them a chance to to rate like if you bring them up in June, are you starting them? Because maybe Spencer, but Bohm's gonna be behind, you know, Segura at third and Kingery at second and Didi at short. So he's not gonna well, be able do to do you re examine that entire thing now because you know what? It, let, let's say all right, so I guess realize it's a loaded question, Jeff, but if all of a sudden then the Phillies don't have to worry about service time. Maybe they're not counting it. Maybe they decide not to count it as a full season. Mm-hmm. Do you just roll with these guys now, knowing that you have six years after this one? I probably wouldn't do with Bohm because there's no place to put him right now. I want him playing every single day. Um, Howard, I probably would do the same because the whole idea is they want they don't want this guy to pitch that many innings, although I suppose if you're starting in – June, you won't pitch that. I, I, you know what? I might give Spencer the shot, but the, but to be fair, I was hoping to see what he did this year in spring training. It's not like he's an, a proven product by any stretch of the means. Yeah, we I, just want him to be. I agree completely with Moshe. No, I'm on the side normally of get these kids out there, have them play, and I want them playing all the time. But with this whole weird scenario that's going on, I could understand why Spencer Howard might be thrown in there so he can throw when it's a it's a smaller season it's definitely less innings pitch than you know but you're right if it's June if your idea was June well then this is the same amount of time he would have pitched anyway but with Boom, I don't know if he's ready to just get played in at third base over Gene Segura not that Gene Segura is going to be this elite defender anyway but the knock on Boom is he's probably not going to be a great third baseman and you're just going to throw him right there in the fire in the middle of this whole weird season that's occurring right now I I just don't feel like that's the right move. You would be you would be putting your team in a better situation, I think, with Gene Segura in the lineup every day, getting those two, three hits a night, hitting close to 300, even if the defense isn't that great. But like I said, it's not like you're going to get great defense out of Boehm. What would you do, Frank? Well, here's the thing. So let's think back to a couple. I know this is not totally equal, but Scott Kingery could have come up or he could not have come up. And if Scott Kingery had just been held a triple a the Phillies did not come North with their 25 best players. Would you agree with that? Yes. All right. So here's my, here's, here's what I'm kind of wondering. I'm not sure I'm totally settled on this, but let's say this season ends up starting uh, June 15th. All right. I'm just picking an arbitrary day. I don't know anything that would lead me to think that's going to be June 15th. You know that the, the, the amount of time is going to be less. Now, now remember, the last two seasons, what month did the Phillies sort of fall off the face of the earth? Was it like around uh, August? August? Right. So late August and September, right? Those were those were exactly the things that got Gabe Kapler fired, right? Mm-hmm. That the Phillies could not keep the, you know, the, the, uh, their stamina all the way to the end. So if you're starting in June, right, don't you think that at that point, you wouldn't want to just bring your 20, now we're up to 26, your 26 best talented players there and just let them push to the end. That, that That's what's in my mind right now. If you think of it that way, that you know that the season is going to be more of a sprint than a marathon like it usually is, although it's, it's not going to be a total sprint, right? I mean, if you start mid-June, if, let's just say they play a couple extra weeks still and they're playing in, in worse weather than the Phillies did in the 2008 World Series, 
that they're they're still going to be very truncated. And if that's the case, don't you just push forward with the best talent that you possibly have and try to take advantage of a short season to make it your own. What would you think about that, Hunter? I just don't know if I can say, because I'm, I'm thinking about where would Bone play, right? And it would be third base. So, like, are you trying to say that Gene Segura shouldn't be in the lineup over Bohm? I just don't know if I can go there right now. I don't know if I can commit to that. Even though Gene Segura could be lazy at times and things like that, and we saw him take plays off running the first base, I mean, he gets you two hits a night. He hits around 300. I can't say that Alec Bohm, right now at least, will be able to do that. I have more faith in the Segura. Well, I, got, I can't take that well, out of the lineup. I got to ask you this, Hunter, before we move on from that. Now, um, Scott Kingery, right? He had no position when he first came up. Did he play a lot? He played all over the place. Right. So if Gene Segura becomes that guy, listen, if you say to a Gene Segura, like, look, we're tight right now. The season's short. We're, we're trying to win. We're going to go all out. You'll play some third. You'll play some second. You'll play some short. By the way, Didi Gregorius has gone after this season. You could get shortstop right back. Do you think a guy like that would be ready to just jump in and play every day or most of the time just to make sure that the team wins? What's better? Having Gene Segura play in a bunch of positions, or then you go to the bench and you play, um, whether it's, uh, I almost say Wes Helms, Neil Walker. Well, I'll say this. I have no idea where that Real came from. There. If, if Neil <laughs> Walker is is perhaps your best bench player, like, would you rather have Gene Segura as your bench best bench player, or would you rather have... Not Wes Helms, but Neil Walker. I don't know why they are nothing alike. I don't know why I almost said that, but but Jeff, wouldn't wouldn't you want to have yeah, real your quick. best bench player be like near a starting level player? Yeah, like, got, huh? r- real quick. I just want to say if we're gonna go with someone playing all over the place, this is what I would do. Whether people want Scott Kingery to play second all the time or whatever, I would put Gene Segura at second, and I would have. Scott Kingery be the guy that's very versatile throughout because I trust that more than saying Gene Segura being that guy. So if that's the route we're going with, with someone who's going to be versatile playing all over the place, I would put Gene Segura at second, DD at shortstop, and then Scott Kingery will be that versatile guy who can maybe play center, who can play third base if need be, shortstop. He would be the guy that would move around for me to bring Bohm up in that scenario. So the other answered question really is, is this delay in baseball delaying Andrew McCutcheon's rehab and his comeback because he wasn't supposed to be ready by day one. Now everybody, now he's getting the amount of time that you need, but is he getting this normal rehab that you would get on the knee so that when baseball does resume, he's ready to play. If there's even a question of his ability to play every single day for the first few weeks, then sure. Take Bohm and then play Kingery in center field once every two or three days or whatever, or start this platoon and rotation where one guy every one day is going to be out. McCutcheon's out one day, Kingery's out one day, Segura, Bomb. So that way, all of them are playing four out of five days. Then that makes sense. Um, but that's an unanswered question. And I don't, you know, obviously, if McCutcheon's ready to go and play every day, then that scenario is not available. But is that the type of thing that you'll kind of determine during that whatever two-week spring training or summer training or whatever it ends up being? Like, is that where you have to kind of figure that stuff out? Yeah, I would think so. I, I would, yeah. Plus, they're talking to him all the time right now, I'm sure, you know, just in communication, trying to figure out what he's able to do in his rehab and what he's not when he's away from the facility. Yeah, I think that's one thing that, that that's that – Eventually, we're going to learn, but but how engaged is the coaching staff right now? How engaged is the front office with the players? Because 
Look, I get it. There's some there's some governmental regulations going on here, right? So they 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 really can't have a coordinated effort to do these types of things. But I mean, let's face it, a lot of these a lot of these guys, they in case you didn't know, have some money and they have some workout space in their own houses. Um, might that might that be enough, Hunter? Maybe. Uh maybe. I I I think you nailed it most with this whole McCutcheon thing. It It's such an unknown thing. It's so weird. This is so out there. We don't know how this is going to impact someone like Andrew McCutcheon or or I know this isn't a, a big one for Frank, but a Jake Gary had a, and an arm injury or something. We don't know injuries in general, what this is going to do. And, and those little things that we don't know, that's going to impact roster decisions. So until we know exactly the layout on when they're coming back or how long it's going to be or any updates on these players, we, we just don't know because those little things will be impacted based off of how long this goes until we see baseball out on the diamond. I will say that's one thing that the Phillies will have as an advantage. They can kind of flex their financial strength perhaps a little bit here, um, that they can kind of carry some of these minor leaguers uh, perhaps a little bit longer. Now, normally there's a point, uh, which is right about probably the time that you're listening to this, uh, that they have to decide to give some of the major league veterans a $100,000 roster bonus uh, to stay in the organization, or they need to release them. And usually that's right about now. Uh, we still don't know right now that the what the what the rules are for for making these decisions have have rosters been completely frozen or are they going to fr- freeze the calendar? There's a lot we still need to do. But uh, when we come back, we have a couple of things to talk about. We'll talk about an ESPN, ESPN report that calls Andrew McCutcheon underrated, since we were just talking about him, and a final fun story: Larry Boa, Charlie Manuel, take to Twitter and a live conversation. We'll be back after this. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. This is the Powder Blue Podcast. Welcome back to the Powder Blue Podcast. Perhaps you're listening to us on 97.3 ESPN. Perhaps you're listening on sportstalkphilly.com. Or maybe you subscribed in one of the many platforms. Hunter, tell us where you can find us. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and then a bunch of other ones. But those are the three main ones that most people are subscribed at. So anywhere podcasts are found, you can find us. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. And a couple things to talk about in our in our last segment here. So one of these was pretty interesting. So uh, ESPN had an article, uh, David Schoenfeld. He had a list of one player on each team that should be appreciated more than the baseball resume that they actually have. And the name that he picked for the Phillies was none other than Andrew McCutcheon. Now, the Phillies spent a lot of money on McCutcheon. And, and if you remember when the Phillies signed him, he got three years and he got perhaps a little bit more money than, than a few people were expecting. And, and even McCutcheon himself, when asked uh, why he chose the Phillies, he, he said, did you see the money they gave me? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so McCutcheon, yeah, he's paid well, but the thing about David Schoenfeld and ESPN, he says that McCutcheon is more than the statistics on the back of the baseball card. He is more than, than what you get on the field. In other words, you know, I, I have to say this be long before I was doing any type of sports media. I was a baseball fan. Uh, you know, I love to go to the Phillies games in Pittsburgh. And why did I love to go to the Phillies games in Pittsburgh? Because they had a great, great team there with 
Neil Walker and uh, Josh Harrison. <laughs> not but, Wes Holmes. But not Wes Holmes. But Andrew McCutcheon was a. I loved Andrew McCutcheon, you know, and and uh, number twenty two is always the number I used to always wear playing baseball back in the day. And you know, finally, there's a really good number twenty two. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Jeff? Is is Andrew McCutcheon somewhat underappreciated in terms of the whole picture, not just the statistics? Um, I I don't I wouldn't say underappreciated. I think people really loved Andrew McCutcheon in the fifty nine games he played for the Phillies before getting hurt. I mean, he was um, doing his job as the leadoff hitter. He was about three eighty on the uh, on base percentage, which is had been his highest since his. Uh, you know, when he was a, a four or five time all star with the uh, Pirates, he had 10 home runs in 60 games. So you do the math there. I mean, it was, he was on pace for his normal 20 something, 80 something, you know, 380 on base. But he was he was going to be he was on pace to be the type of player close to at least um, that he was when he was a five time all star and an MVP candidate with the Pirates. So um, I was really enjoying him. I mean, first game. Right, home run, first pitch, debut. I, I, I wouldn't say underappreciated at all. In fact, there was a quite an uproar in Philly at Gene Segura for his base running blunder that kind of led to um, McCutcheon hurting his knee. So I, I think he's properly appreciated. I think Philadelphians felt robbed last year when he hurt his knee because he was doing such an excellent job. In fact, I think his leadership, he, he flat out the season when he came back to camp said, no, 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 no. I told Gene not to worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I think he showed tremendous leadership even in response to that situation. Hunter, what do you think about this? Yeah. Funny story about that home run, by the way, at opening day, I was at opening day and the line was so long to get in. I missed it. This line oh. was red. You have no clue. It wasn't moving. No, People were pissed. So many people had the My Teams app, and we were just watching it on the My Teams app in line because it just <laughs> wasn't moving. And we got there so early. Jetro was so packed that you could just park in the middle of the lanes. I mean, it was, it was reckless down there on that day. But, yes, I, I missed that. But I did see Bryce Harper walk up to home play for the first time. But when it comes to underappreciating him, I don't think we did that. I just feel as if maybe we recognized how meaningful he was once he did go down. But it wasn't like we weren't appreciating him when he was here. But you just saw the difference in what everybody could do in that lineup once he was gone. Yeah, and the Phillies said afterwards that, that he was going to be a presence on the bench, that he was not just signed to be the player on the field. I mean, let's face it. Could you replicate those numbers with somebody easily enough? I mean, I think you could. You could find somebody uh, who was affordable for, for maybe even less money, right? But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I think that he's somebody who's – worth every penny and it was really unfortunate that the Phillies did not have the opportunity to to have him on the field uh, last season hopefully a hunt hopefully a full healthy season will make a tremendous difference now one last thing I want to talk about before we close this week so on Sunday evening so Charlie Manuel he hasn't totally said what it was and that's okay I mean he's, he was a little under the weather he had a few treatments uh, for his health and that's okay. We don't need to know the specifics, right? But um, but uh, he just returned home after another treatment, and he spent Sunday evening on Twitter live with Larry Boa having a conversation uh, while Larry is on uh, Charlie's uh, iPad next to him on Facebook Live. What, did you ever expect this bromance to happen, Jeff? 
Char- oh, Charlie and, and Larry? Yeah, I could see that. Old baseball guys, absolutely. Now, could I have ever expected them to take to social media and do that? No, but if they were going to do it and you told me they were going to do it, I figure it would have looked like the way that they did it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I thought that was comical. Just the fact that I'm scrolling through and I see them actually going live and here's Charlie Manuel just relaxing. Like That is absolutely hilarious to me it it doesn't surprise me that those two linked up but just they are two baseball guys I'm sure their their conversations are amazing but to see it happen in that way during this time it just couldn't be funnier to me let me let me me remind you for a second so when Larry Bullock got fired who got hired Charlie Manuel, yeah, right? Manuel, and, right. Yes. And and Larry thought it was the biggest scam of a of a manager search, right? You remember they the Phillies paraded in all these different guys. They brought right. in Don Baylor, they brought in Jim Leland, right? And they all met with the media. Uh, but 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 Charlie had already been hired into the organization a while back as a, a hitting consultant. I forget what what title he had, but um, but Larry didn't like it very much, huh? No, I don't think the fans like Charlie very much either, though, if we date this back. It wasn't so pretty in the beginning. (laughs) Right? Everybody wanted Jim Leland. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love Jim Leland. And and Larry might not have been as upset when when, when the Phillies made a decision. But time heals all wounds. and, And Larry... Came back to the Phillies, of course, as the bench coach. By the way, you know, I, I think that when Larry got fired, that was the one thing that I, I was really disappointed about. Was like, you know, the, I thought to myself, this is probably the last time we have Larry as a Philly. Well, guess what? He came back as a bench coach. He's back in the organization for life, essentially. And Charlie Manuel is with the Phillies for life, and it's wonderful to see the two of them as like best buds. Well. That will do it for this edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Love talking Phillies baseball with you. Reach out to us anytime if you want to uh, make some suggestions what to talk about during this this hiatus. Frank Close, that's Frank Close with a K on Twitter. Jeff Mosher, NFL, and Broads81. Is that right, Hunter? That is correct. It's not your birth year, I know that, but no. Broads81. Catch us next time on the Powder Blue Podcast. But until then, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody, have a great week. Let's go.